the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Yes, we are. The off-season hockey continues here on the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, although... Uh, Ranger Proud is on vacation. Shout out to RP. We will probably not hear from RP until after Labor Day. So, bro, Mr. Ranger Proud, enjoy your time off. Well deserved and well needed. The hockey in the offseason continues here on the Blue Blue Show. Uh, the Blue Shirts are on the first half of the episode, and then we'll get to the rest of the NHL. I think we all agreed. Well, in that rest of that NHL, um, Talk. We will get to the Calgary Flames. I would like to discuss and dissect them uh, on the on the rest of the NHL, all as well as the other news and all the stuff that's happening in this all season uh, in the National Hockey League. So let's talk blue shirts. Uh, we'll, I really don't have anything or thoughts that I could think of. I think we covered a lot of bases with the blue shirts, especially guys who are already in the lineup. We already mix and match the line combinations and prospects to come up. I mean, we could double down on it if you want, but uh, then after that, we'll get to the rest of the NHL as we're in the dog days of August uh, 2023 on the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Right, Glenn? How you doing, sir? How's everything? What's going on, man? I'm doing good, Steve. How are you? Um, I knew we were going to be talking about Calgary. I've already got the uh, Calgary Flames roster pulled up on my computer here, so we can uh, get to that in the second half. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as the Rangers go, I mean, I guess we yapped a little bit too much two weeks ago and uh, really kind of covered everything. Um, you know, there's always, I guess, something to talk about. Um, I saw that uh, uh, Kreider was real happy about uh, getting Blake Wheeler. We can talk about that. But uh, I'll leave it up to you to lead the way. I mean, you know, when it comes to things like that or news like that, Glenn, I mean, what do you, what do we expect players to say the I definitely don't want Blake Wheeler on my team. Like they're never going to say that. That it, it, the 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 players they give computed, politically correct answers. They'll never be that honest. If there was ever a signing, this is any sport, not just the Rangers. I'm talking about any sport, professional yeah. athlete. Yeah. They will never be that blunt because that's just the way how people or or, or athletes. Are, are wired, especially celebrities. I think this is beyond sports athletes. I think this is just uh, public figures. Let's put it like that. Public figures are never, most of them, 99% are never going to trash something they're not going to like. If they're going to have the camera in their face or the microphone to their mouth, ask the question, they're pretty much expected to give a lukewarm, politically correct answer. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we remember how uh, effusive uh, Max Scherzer was about uh, Verlander being signed by the Mets this year. So, you know, there's that, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't see from the, uh, from the article I read if he was asked, uh, you know, in general or specifically about Wheeler. Uh, but, yeah, of course. I mean, you're not going to uh, uh, trash somebody on the way in. Uh, especially, uh, you know, veteran like Wheeler. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, he, he, 
he could have just said, you know, yeah, great pickup, you know, he's going to help us a lot. But, you know, he kind of went on and on about, you know, how hard he was to play in the corners, how, uh, um, you know, uh, being on a penalty kill against him, the leadership skills, all that. So, you know, he kind of went on a little more than he had to. Um, so, I mean, I kind of took that as a good sign that, uh, uh, as we had said last week, too, that, you know, we thought Blake Wheeler was going to be an excellent pickup. And, uh, you know, depending on how they uh, set up the lines, um, he's uh, certainly, you know, a second line right wing, which they need. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, he could wind up on the first line, but um, we'll see how the, the lines shake out. But, um, you know, again, I mean, I thought it was. Uh, maybe I'm just so hockey starved that it was nice to see uh, 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 an article uh, online and uh, hear a player talk about something. So uh, you're right. I might I might have gone overboard a little bit, but uh, no. I mean, you know, I'm I'm happy with the pickups that they made. We talked about that last week, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just kind of looking forward to training camp opening. I guess we got about a month, and uh, in about five weeks' time, we'll be talking about uh, exhibition games, hopefully. Right, right. Make no mistake. Don't, don't, don't mind my rants when it comes to this stuff. And there, and and there's a place why I say that, Glenn, because it's the reason why we do this show for the last nine years on all of our teams, our sports and leagues, right? Because the reason, the main reason why we started what we started with, you know, like when podcasts started popping up and it really bubbled up during COVID, but before COVID was because we we we. We live in a we do live in a politically correct society. We can't really be truly honest. Um, well, in general, the public figures definitely can. Although they'll get canceled culture, they'll lose their money, things like that. We know that, right? Yeah. We're not in that yep. society. We're not in a society where the public figures could be that that very honest. They, it, it, that, that day may come one day. I don't think I'll be around for that living or you. I think that's going to be. In, uh, Several generations from now, I don't see that happening as of right now. But my whole no. entire point is, you know, this is why we do what we do. You know, us fans, we can talk our ish, <laughs> whether we like a person or like dislike the person or their play or dislike their play. We can be honest here. And, and if I was Chris Kreider, well, well, I would have said like this. Let me rephrase. If I, if I'm as a fan, and if I, if I was to be Chris Kreider. You know, I definitely be very honest. Now, some players, now I'll be honest. Oh, I would have been like this, Glenn. Um, the, there are former players that are retired. They started to be more vocal. They started to be more honest or not politically mm-hmm. correct after they got their money. So yeah, it's all right. about the time of it. <laughs> and that's smart. And yeah, I get of it. Course, you get your money, course. then then you can be very honest as you want. But you know, I would love to know those conversations in the future. How players really want to be, and it goes back to the point of why people have their own podcast shows and and can speak honestly. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I, I, I have two things that came to mind when you were saying that, Steve. The first one is that uh, you're right. We do what we do. We can criticize. We can uh, question yeah. things with, with the Rangers or around the league. But you know, I mean, that for us is something that we owe to the the listeners. Um, they're Ranger fans too, and they've got their own opinions. So if we're, you know, kind of blowing smoke at them, you know, they're going to know. So, you know, I think it's uh, incumbent upon us to, to, you know, be honest and, and, uh, you know, have the listeners think about what we're saying. A lot of times they'll agree with us. I'm sure a lot of times they don't agree with us, but 
you know, that's kind of the purpose of this, to kind of uh, right. spark some thought and, and opinions about the team. Um, the second thing is what you said about, you know, guys coming in, and there's so much movement uh, in all sports now, guys coming uh, in and out and all. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't always know what players might have had an issue with each other uh, on the ice in, uh, in previous years, what, what players might have played uh, with guys in, in juniors or in college, or, you know, maybe there was a, a, a real good camaraderie or maybe there was, uh, you know, kind of a dislike. I mean, I was kidding about the Scherzer and Verlander thing, but, you know, I remember when Verlander signed, all the talk was about how they, they hate each other in Detroit and how was this going to play out. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of that we don't know. We don't know if, uh, uh, you know, Crider got a, an elbow in the face from Blake Wheeler uh, six years ago, and he's still holding a grudge about it. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you got to take what the players say with a grain of salt and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hope they're, hope they're kind of telling the truth and hope they mean what they say. <laughs> but, you know, you never know behind the scenes of what might have happened uh, years ago. Well, exactly, and that's exactly my point. I wish if there was a grudge from, let's say, a hit from four years ago and he's still holding on to that, I would love to see that day where that player was that honest when asked about it. You know, how do you feel about this play? Well, you know, four years ago, I'm still holding on to this hit. You know, some people will say, well, be a professional, you should let it go. But players are real. I mean, yeah, you want to be professional, but at the same time, they're – they're humans. They, they, humans don't forget yeah. things that bother them. And, sure. and I think I would love – see, that's just me. I've been saying this on and off for years on why I wish athletes could be that more direct, but they won't because it's going to affect their bank account. And I understand yeah. that. We're just not going to – you know, we're just not going to see that error or that daylight for a long, long, long time. Um, but I, but here's to be honest, but here's the, here's the overall point, which you're saying about Kreider and uh, Blake. Really, I, I would definitely think or be led to believe he has more positive things to say about him than negative. I, I think that's probably yeah. the, the over, the, the, the biggest factor of all that when we're talking about this stuff, but it just always seems it's always this good, 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 good when asked about, but never, cause it, you know, I understand because the media will have a field day with that. Take the negative and blow it up. But it makes for all season hockey more fun, right? I mean, if you're yeah, – like, yeah. or any sport, it doesn't matter what sport. Because if you could draw – make um, uh, uh, a mountain out of a molehill based off a bad comment about a player said to another player, you, you, could, lick, you could mark or circle that calendar when those two players are going to meet opposite of – you know, on the ice. So, oh, man, let's oh. say uh, October 29th or November the 8th, you know, we could look forward to that match between, let's say, Chris Carter versus whoever so-and-so player that they had that disagreement back on August the 15th. I would, see, that would make it fun for me. I don't know about other fans, but, you know. Oh, and, and, it was, and it was way more the case going back, you know, in the 80s and, and before that um, because you had mm-hmm. – uh, I mean, I remember I, – I don't know if you do – um, but I remember uh, the uh, uh, the fights with uh, Ty Domi and Bob Probert, um, oh, yeah. and and I remember I remember going to a game at the Garden uh, one of those years, and the the media was treating it like a prize fight. I mean, it was <laughs> like the hockey game came second, you know, and they were talking about the the 
the matchup of uh, uh, Domi and Probert, knowing that it was going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and again, you know, even, uh, uh, you know, more recently, um, you know, with Kreider, whenever the Rangers played the Canadians, it was always Kreider and uh, Carey Price and uh, what's going to happen and is somebody on Montreal going to go after him? And, um, you know, so, I mean, the media does play a lot of that up uh, where, uh, you know, you have guys that you know uh, either took a big hit or lost a fight or called somebody a coward or whatever it was that you knew there was going to be some kind of retribution to come. And uh, that's what you're, like you say, circling the calendar, waiting for uh, that date when the two of them are going to be back together on the ice again. Um, and one of the things that I, I always thought was funny, too, is sometimes you get guys, that, you know, had a fight or had some kind of uh, disagreement about something, and then they wind up on the same team and they kind of – they wind up joking about it. Um, that's usually pretty funny when they uh, when they do that. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you used to see a lot of that uh, in the past before they kind of outlawed fighting and, uh, you know, put all the rules in to try to keep guys from uh, uh, getting in fights or hurting each other. Um, it, was, it was almost uh, promoted by the league. And, uh, you know, that's something that they kind of took away now, but uh, you used to see that a lot more in the past. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They didn't have, as you already know, they did not have, they did not have social media at that time. Right. It would have been quite interesting to know what those tweets from those players would have been back in the 80s, where especially in the era, you know, 70s, 80s, where you could actually speak a little bit more your mind. Kind of, you kind of have to be mm-hmm. muzzled up a little bit. You can't go too far. Yeah. In most cases, so I always kind of think about that too. Like, what would so and so players say back in 1973 if they had Twitter, or 1988 or 85? You know, like different era too, different ways of how people were being, um, you know, growing up and the climate. So mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, can't have, you can't go back and and get that information because it, it will never happen. Obviously, because we're in, in current time, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean that—that's exactly what I'm saying, man. I think that we might see that day, Glenn, in the future. I just don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon, and it's just too—it's too for so many reasons. But I—I I, I would love to see it where you could—you you could be a little bit more. But I'm, I'm not seeing it. But let me ask you this, Glenn. Um, Rangers-related news. I saw it on uh, Ranger Proud's uh, Facebook page. Uh, our Timmy Panarin um, situation in Russia, right? So. I don't know if you heard of the story or your thoughts on no, that. No, I didn't. Oh, you no, did, not. did not. Oh, well, let me fill you in let quickly. Us in. Like, no, I, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Artemi Panarin was in a little bit of trouble off-season hockey. Artemi Panarin, our really? number 10. A star forward. Yeah, man. So so I, I went through four media sources, started with Ranger Proud's uh, Facebook page, led me up to Empire Sports Media where I read the story, and then – went to the hockey news and then they gave a little bit more information on uh, what happened. And then it went to the, the, the source source of the story, a Russian uh, digital uh, uh, website of the, uh, the story, basically of Artemi Panarin uh, got in trouble with the law in Russia for discharging a firearm. Um, I didn't hear that. More, yeah. This was early about four, year, four or five hours ago today. Um, oh, okay. So, so what I gathered out of the story was he paid a you know a, a fine or small fine, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Uh, the only okay. thing I say to that 
is, um, you know, whether he fights it or not in court, based off what I read and the, the sources, uh, you know, the source of the Russian uh, digital um, website, I hope, you know, they say it's going to go away, but do we really know? Uh, we already know back in the COVID years, he was, uh, he had that situation off the ice, more different with uh, a, a younger woman, but totally different right. scenario. The whole point I'm bringing yeah. this up is I hope this does not carry into the uh, regular season. They made it seem, the, the, the article, the premise made it seem like it's going to go away. But if mm-hmm. you didn't even know about the story, so now that you're kind of getting the cliff note version from me, uh, your thoughts, if, you know, I know you probably have to go and read up on it yourself and get your own information. Yeah. I get that. But this is basically what I got out of Rager Proud's Facebook page onto Empire Sports Media and also onto the hockeynews.com and also to the Russian website on this story on Timmy Panarin. Your thoughts, summary level uh, on this. I, my, I guess my biggest fear is let's hope this does not carry into the regular season. Well, I mean, the, the first thing that came to mind was I'm hoping that, uh, you know, maybe Alex Ovechkin can uh, talk to Putin and get him off the hook and uh, not have a problem. Uh. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you you always worry about something happening when these guys go home, and especially in Russia and especially in 2023 with what's going on. Um, you know, you don't know what acts the government might have to grind with these guys. Obviously, that, that incident from a few years ago um, kind of turned out to be nothing. But, um, you know, if I remember correctly, it affected his play. Uh, he had... He sat out a couple of games. Uh, you know, there was some stuff going on that I'm sure was, you know, in his head. Uh, so you always worry when these guys go home uh, what kind of trouble they might get into. I mean, hockey players, you know, generally don't. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that we'll have to see what happens in the next few days. I hadn't even read that, but uh, I hadn't really been uh, accessing social media today, so I didn't hear the story. So, um, I, I guess we'll see more about it, but uh, you, know, you wonder sometimes what these guys are thinking too. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I know he's Russian, but do you really want to go to Russia at at, at this time and shoot off a firearm? Um, you know, it's kind of questionable, questionable behavior, even if it is nothing. But um, uh, yeah, no, I mean that's interesting. We'll have to see uh, what happens. Hopefully, nothing and it'll blow over like the. Uh, the reports are saying, but uh, no, that was totally news to me. Yeah, happened earlier today, or reported earlier today through multiple sources, and it, I can't get into the, the, the weeds of what Russia law is, because I can't speak on it. I have no clue, so this is what right. makes this right. story in particular interesting, because you know, if it was the United States law, I could speak on it on different jurisdictions, different parts of the country has different, you know, firearm laws and rights to carry, depending on what state you live. So, you, know, you know, that's a totally different story with the United States. Russia, I literally have no clue, like, how that works. How mm. that works. So that's what, the, uh, that part or the unknown part of the story, that was kind of like, okay, I got it. We, Ranger fans kind of have to keep tabs on this, you know, he's a, he's a star mm-hmm. for, for us. Most of us who are non-Russians? And, hey, we, we may need to find a a, a a a fan who's who's either from that country or is familiar with the laws of that country to give right. us an education on how things roll. I mean, I, we probably right. could look it up and study it up on online or your local library, however you want to do it. But the point is that part of the story kind of you got to. 
it's not going to be as smooth as of an offseason as I think, or it could be, unless we really know what these laws are in Russia and what what and, and, and if Artemi Panera wants to fight it, how, now what's the process on that? I don't know none of that. And see, that's the thing. Yeah. We could be on here. We're not professionals. Like we we're having a conversation like sports fans. Like we speak on what we know, and we really let you know on things we don't know, like this. Like, I definitely will. You know, I have—I mean, no bones or no apologies about it. So this is what makes this story right. interesting as well, especially when it comes from him. It seems like it's the second time as a as a Ranger. No fault on him, but, you know, in, in second time in the offseason, not this offseason, but in separate offseasons, where he's caught up in offseason news, uh, Russia related, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, and 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 Steve, correct me if I'm wrong because I I really don't know. I really don't remember. Um, but that incident that happened a couple of years ago, um, hadn't he made some comments uh, about Putin or about the government or something of that nature? I could be totally wrong. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's maybe something that uh, you know they're keeping a, a special eye on him or, or whatever. Uh, but uh, now now you're hearing that he's not being held or anything. He just got uh, a fine, some kind of uh, citation. That's what I gathered. Yeah, that's what yeah. I gathered, yep. That he paid uh, in Russian money, I think, the rubles, the uh, the Ruble, money yeah. or the, the set fine, and then kind of is like going about his business. Nothing about if he's going to fight her or anything. But I, I, to answer your other question about his remarks on Putin, it was sort of related to that because he kind of brought it up in that case. Yeah, with, I thought. He was going on in all systems. So, yeah, he kind of just spoke up. Now, certain countries, you can't do that. Now, I'm not exactly sure what it was with Russia, but certain countries, you're not allowed to speak up against your government. So, I thought he was, back then, if I remember, and again, I don't know all the facts. I was I'm uh, speaking incorrectly, but, um, you know, I thought... As, he was concerned about his family in Russia and their safety and whatever. I thought he had said something that was, you know, not too serious, but kind of disparaging. And he was worried. And that's why he had taken uh, a couple of games off because he just wasn't uh, fit to play uh, worrying about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you you would think after that happened that he would know better and uh, not do something like this. I mean, I don't know if he was, uh, uh, you know, just shooting a, uh, a, a gun in the air for some reason or whatever, but um, you know, you would think if uh, if you know that the government has their eyes on you already, that you'd kind of uh, make sure your your behavior is uh, beyond reproach. So, uh, be interesting to see what comes out in the next couple of days if we uh, if, if we even hear anything. We'll see. Yeah, Timmy Panera doesn't come across as a guy that's going to have a gun and he's going to let it off around no. in the public yeah. where people is. So I'm I'm assuming it's going to be somewhere less urban, maybe more rural, and yeah. I guess he got caught doing what he got doing. But, we yeah, we need those specific details, and let's hope, you know, everybody in that situation, first and foremost, is all right, which I gather because it's, if somebody got hurt, it would definitely been a more news. You would have definitely yeah. got wind of it before we got here tonight. But also, right, right. you know, his, his own, you know, you know, everybody's safe. That's number one. Number two, uh, no, uh, uh, I guess you could say dire effects from that that's going to affect him in his upcoming season as a blue shirt in 2023, 2024. Uh, you know, these things come up. 
Uh, and then, like I said, we I don't know the, the, the firearm laws in, in, in Russia. So it's, I can't speak on something I really don't know. So that's why I, yeah. that's what makes this fascinating. I have to research all this, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I mean, mind I, doing it. I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm giving them real as I can. I mean, I'm just speculating. I mean, but, uh, I, I mean, you're right. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would do something like that or really – uh, get into any kind of trouble or anything, you know. I mean, he's he's a pretty quiet guy. He's not really somebody who is, is uh, a troublemaker or uh, uh, you know riles things up or anything. So, um, I mean, I'm sure from his standpoint, it was probably something that was pretty innocent. But um, you know, who knows? Like you say, when when we're talking about different countries' laws, we can't really apply what we know here to uh, someplace else. So, um, you know, I don't really want to comment too much on that until we hear some more. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Um, anything else Blue Shirts related? Uh, I was going to you know, touch on, say, Mika Zibanejad because I think we kind of eh, we kind of touched on it a little bit as far as the value he's brought since the trade with Derek Broussard. Mm-hmm. If there was a situation where we got as much value out of him, do you ever foresee that he could be expendable if the blue shirts are not in Stanley Cup contention. What are your thoughts on that or media thoughts on that? I mean, we've seen this, of course, around the league. This happens all the time. But sometimes when it comes to your own team, depending on the fan you're talking to, not maybe not us, but the, your everyday yeah. Rangers fan or a fan for that particular team, it's kind of hard to let go of a player who's done well for your franchise. Like, What are your thoughts as far as foreseeing a situation in, in which – you know, if the Rangers are not looking like as if they're going to be Stanley Cup t- contenders, do you ever see uh, the Blue Shirts trying to get some value back from them? Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. The first thing, obviously, would be is what are you getting back? Um, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't believe that the Rangers are particularly strong down the middle uh, as far as who you would replace him with in-house. Um, you know, I mean, I think Heedle has certainly made some strides, but um, I'm comfortable with him being the second line center. I don't know that I'd be comfortable with him being the first line center. Um, so, you know, there would always be that to think of. The other thing is, uh, you know, you would look at the salary and how close the Rangers are to the to the cap. However, you know, in the next couple of years, we're going to see increases of, you know, probably three, four, maybe five million uh over a couple of years. So all of a sudden that salary uh, that he's making is, uh, you know, not, not as crippling as, as it might be right now. Um, you know, and the other fact you got to throw in there too, is he really is kind of a fan favorite. Um, I mean, I know, you know, fans get on him when he gets off to with some slow starts and uh, he can really run hot and cold, but uh, you know, you're talking about a guy that's uh you know, a very popular player on the team. So, um, you know, I mean, I would think that if they were going to do something like that, uh, again, depending on if you're going to get somebody of equal value to replace them, um, but it would almost seem to me if they were going to think about doing something like that, it would be uh, more of a uh, bigger picture thing of where they're really going to, like, clean house and and start over again. So, um you know, I'm not sure mm-hmm. um, if, if they would just look at, you know, moving him. 
it, you know, it might be a thing. You know, now we know also that we've got a couple of contracts in the next year or two that are coming up that uh, the no-trade uh, clauses and no-move clauses kind of loosen up a little bit. Uh, Truba, Kreider, um, you know, so, I mean, if they were going to look to do a wholesale, you know, these guys are in their 30s, let's move on and, and, and uh, you know, maybe do like a, a re- real, real rebuild and, uh, other than the, uh, you know, the kind of semi one that they did in the last few years, um, then, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, if Wayne Gretzky got traded, anybody could get traded, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, but I think, but I, but I think there's a lot of factors that would go into that, um, you know, that would be part of a bigger picture if they thought about moving him. Do you, do you think that's uh, kind of on the right track? Well, I think you said it best with your line. With if Wayne Gretzky can get traded, <laughs> anybody can get traded. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying Mika Zibanejad is going to be traded. All I'm saying, in a scenario where, well, here, let me ask you this, and then let me, I'll, I'll answer my question. Right now, August the fifteenth, what is the Rangers' window for a Stanley Cup championship? Win? What is their window? Meaning. We saw them thought we had high expectations after the trades at the uh, deadline with Kane and, and Tarasenko, right? And we're thinking, man, this is this is Stanley Cup. I definitely thought it, but they bowed out first round to the Devils in the year before that, you know, lost to Tampa. Like, how many chances do uh, does a team get in that window? Like, how many? What's the hey, Rangers' I'm, window? I'm thinking with this roster now, right now, maybe maybe three years. Oh, so they got some time then. You're saying they got time, three years. I, 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 I think two, three years. I don't think they, they have to win this year, but I certainly want to see uh, more than than what happened in the playoffs last year. I mean, if they go out in the first round again, then it's going to be a whole different story. Then you're going to be wondering, <laughs> can this core win, you know? Uh, and then you have to start looking at, uh, uh, you know, do we break it up? Do we, you know? back it up a little bit and bring up, you know, guys like Hoffman and Cully and uh, Sakura and uh, a lot of these other guys and, uh, you know, kind of go with a different core, uh, which is, you know, kind of what they did uh, in the, in the mid, uh, you know, teams. Uh, they went with that team of, you know, Nash and Zook and, you know, all those guys for as long as they could uh, and then realized that, Hey, you know, th- this core is not, despite Henrik, this core is not winning. And, you know, the Rangers could find themselves in the same place in, in two or three years where, uh, you know, they have to look at the guys that they've got that have been around for a while and say, hey, look, we gotta, we got to change things up here and, and go with the younger kids. And then you wonder, you know, how far does that back it up then? You know, then we're talking about another three or four years before, uh, uh, you know, you can do with that with uh, a new group. Uh, so, um, you know, I think uh, – you know, it, 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 I mean, it, I think right now they've got three years that they could win with this core, especially with the uh, salary cap going up because they could supplement what they've got. Uh, but in three years, you're going to have guys like Kreider and Zabanajad and, uh, um, you know, Truba getting into their, you know, 33, 34, 35. Um, you know, at that point, you're obviously not going to get as much as you can for them, but you know, you can say, well, we took our shot with this group, didn't work, got to start over. Um, but I, I would say this roster right now, especially with being able to supplement uh, next year, hopefully in the year after, I'd say three years. And then after that, you know, they're going to have to start looking about uh, maybe going in a different direction. 
I will say two, and the reason why my answer will be two is because it would be one thing if they shown, like, let's say the Washington Capitals in the 2010s where they've been the top President's Trophy team many a years, where right. I'm not seeing that out of this Blue Shirts team. So if they were pretty yep. much leading the league in points at the, every regular season, I say, okay, well, at least they're putting themselves in a position uh, to make a big playoff run based on dominating the regular season. They're not doing that. So off rip, it's going to be some hard decisions to be made, like you said, with you know with the cap going up and all that and military clauses. Um, if there's not really progress regular season-wise to set yourself in a position to make a deep playoff run, I mean, we haven't really seen it. I mean, maybe that little run against Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, uh, up to Tampa Bay, beating Pittsburgh, and and then uh, uh, in that a couple of seasons ago, and ended up faltering to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They they got to be deep playoff runs, and I'm not exactly. I guess the, the answer, the short answer, would be say, okay, let me see after this this upcoming season. But in on average, I will say two, especially if I don't see okay. progress through the playoffs for the most part. Um, and then also you see all the other teams around them uh, be just as competitive. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Tampa Bay's kind of holding on to their core, so they always believe they're going to be in the hunt. You saw Florida, a team. I mean, these are teams in the in the Atlanta different division, but still the Eastern Conference. That these teams have shown that they can play when they're on a on a high level, and the Rangers got to kind of put that together. Haven't kind of have not seen that in the playoff runs the last couple of years. They kind of. Got lucky in the Pittsburgh series after the Truba hit uh, to get them back into that series. Um, and it was if it wasn't for some missed shots at the front of the net versus Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, if Ryan Strong would have connected, we'd probably be having a different talk. But yeah, history right. is history. <laughs> history is yep. history. You got to take advantage of those miscues and, and opportunities. I must say, two years, and I and definitely, you know, I might have to mark this episode. And just come back to this in the future, like, hey, Glenn I, and I had this conversation, and depends on how they do in the regular season, it's going to really sway my decision. And in everything, there's all the different factors as well. If players get along, coaches get along. You got that, those those factors definitely count because things could sway or this way a situation. So I'm gonna say that. But uh, no, Glenn, let's just let's let's jump to the next. Right, well, let me let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you this. Okay, let me ask you question. Um, sure. How how are you going to feel next year at this time if they have another great regular season and go out in the first round? Oh, it's going to really. Are, are you going to feel like oh, two years. This, is, this is not working? Right. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna be up there. That's why yeah. I say two years because that would be one year yeah. that's completed, and then after the next year, it may be time to break up the band somehow. Because if you're doing that and you can't get past the first round, so when you and then especially how you didn't get past the first round too, so you would assume okay you would have been paired up with another team in your division that first round, maybe not that top seed like Carolina, and you didn't go get past the first round. Yeah, that that's that's not showing progress. <laughs> no, no, but you know you talk you talk about Washington in those years though I mean Washington had a lot of years where they were knocking on the door where they were where they were a very good team and for whatever reason uh whether it was goaltending whether you know whatever the case may be they just couldn't get over the hump and they finally did um with the Rangers um you know not not this past year the year before was the first year 
of them being in a position where they could be uh, competing and going far in the playoffs. So the Rangers are kind of early in that process, but uh, what you've got is you've got guys uh, like, like the Banjay, like Kreider, maybe like Truba, who's still, you know, okay, but some, some older guys who, are in a now window. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, you go two or three years down the road, I don't think the Rangers are going to have that stretch like Washington did, um, you know, to finally get over the hump and get there. So, I mean, I'm with you. You know, I said three years. I think maybe they could squeeze another year if they show progress, if they show they're knocking on the door and, and going far in the playoffs and can't get there. But, um you know, if, if they have the same year this year that they had last year, where, uh, you know, got a good regular season and then go out in the first round again with a new coaching staff, um, yeah, then, then it's even going to be hard to say they got a two- or a three-year window. I mean, I think they got to get at least the second round, if not the conference, uh, champ, uh, conference finals again, to make me feel optimistic about the next couple of years after that. Um, yeah, Okay. And, and I mean, I think that's possible because you look, you look at the conference. All right, you got Carolina; they're another team like that Washington team that's really good. Well, but you, can, you can look I, at their roster me, and say, oh, "Let me sorry, say about that Washington piece, the Washington part." Because the reason why Washington, I I saw them a little different because when they were knocking on the door and they were losing to us in seven games, like back in like 2013. Yep. And, Yep. Uh, they were a team that's like 92 points, 90-point teams in, in like those 2012, 2014. But then they really picked it up. Like, that's what I'm saying. They showed progress. They played – they were dominating the regular season. They were, there was one season in 15. They went over – they went over 100 points five straight seasons. So, to yeah. me, they were – the Rangers going to – basically, in the, long story short, they're going to have to show that type of consistency to say right. like, to keep that window open. Right, and and that Washington team had a lot of guys kind of in the same age bracket where, you know, you, they were in their mid to late 20s, so they had guys that they could count on for a number of years to, to make those runs that they did. Um, to me, uh, the, the turning point with Washington was when Barry Trotz got there. Um, and he, uh, I mean, Ovechkin was getting there, but he turned Ovechkin into uh, a team-oriented player where he could still get his points, where he could still score his goals, but I think turned him into more of a captain and more of a, a team-oriented player. And to me, I think that was it was Barry Trotz that got that Washington team finally. Oh, whatever. Yeah. And let's yeah. hopefully let's hopefully Lafayette could do the same thing for the Blue Shirts. So that is definitely exactly, exactly. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but so, yeah. uh, no, I mean those Washington teams were good, but. Um, you know, there was always somebody a little bit better. And uh, right. that's what they kept running into. Same same thing that the Rangers did in those years, too. Um, you know, they were they were a really good team. I wouldn't say they were an outstanding team. They were a really good team with a Hall of Fame goaltender uh, that got them very far in some of those years. But there was always somebody better. And, uh, right. you know, that's been happening to the Rangers forever. Hell, that, that, that what ha- that's what happened to the uh, – uh, Roger Bear, Eddie Jockerman, uh Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, any of those teams could have won a cup, but there was always somebody better. Right. All right, man, let's get to the rest of the league, man. Um, let's talk Calgary, man. What are your thoughts, man? Because when I look at Calgary in the nutshell, they're interesting, interesting team because they looking at them, they um, 
They fell, I say short, uh, for the playoffs, three points behind Winnipeg, right? And yeah. I looked at it, and I they really shot themselves in the foot. And RP says this often. You can lose a playoff spot early in the year, and there is no truer case than that for the Calgary Flames. And we talk about their moves. Um, your thoughts on the Calgary Flames, uh, you know, we talked about the trade with Jonathan Huberto, and you get his real break looking to him as well. But, you know, not making the playoffs, yeah. especially after the dominant season they had and the fun playoff series they had with the Edmonton Oilers the year before that. What are your thoughts on Calgary? I'll give you my thoughts on that. Hey, I thought they were a legit uh, Stanley Cup contender the year before. Um, but they had uh, – that was when they spent and Johnny Goudreau. But that year I thought they were – uh, you know, a, a, a definitely could have won the cup that year, or at least even got out of the conference, which they did not. Uh, I mean, Colorado was just uh, too good. But um, you know, I mean, you look at that team, and and I, I, I mean, I look at the roster, and I still think they're good. Um, you know, I, I, I they got Kadri, who I think is a, a real valuable player. Um, I think that um, uh, you know, Backlund is a good. Uh, you know, kind of role kind of player. Um, they got Sharon, Sharon Govich from the from the Devils. I mean, Elias Lindholm, I think, is a, a, a you know a, definitely a, a, a better than second line center. Maybe not you know one of the elite first line centers, but um, I think they're set there. Now they they lost Kyler Toffoli, who scored 34 goals for them. And they're going to be looking to Sharon for Sharon Govitz, so they're going to be looking for him to kind of fill that backlog. But you know, I look at that roster up and down, and there are so many teams, there's so many guys that had a disappointing year last year. Uh, Huberto definitely at, at the, the the top of the list on that. I mean, you you, you have to think that he's going to have a, a, an enormously better year than he had last year. Um, and the other guy to me too is Markstrom. I mean, Markstrom, I thought, was, you know, two years ago one of the top goalies in the league. And, um, you know, he was, uh, for a while there, he was uh, kind of trading starts with uh, Dan Vladar. Uh, So, uh, you know, I look at that team, and I still think that um, they're a playoff team. Um, I don't know that they're as good as they were two years ago. Um, But, uh, you know, I remember when we were discussing that trade, uh, we thought Calgary did a, a phenomenal job of replacing Kachuk and Goudreau. I mean, we thought that they were both going to leave and they were kind of going to get nothing for them. So, uh, um, you know, getting Huberto and then getting uh, Mackenzie Wegar from uh, Florida, um, you know, we were saying, wow, they did a better job than we expected them to. And then, you know, it just fell apart right from the start. Uh, I don't know if uh, you know, Sutter lost the team. kind of seemed that way to me. Um, you know, he seemed like a guy that, uh, you know, has a, has a shelf life as well, that, uh, he'll get you some success, but after a while, the team kind of, uh, uh, turns their, their ears from him. So, uh, you know, they got a new coach and, um, you know, again, I think they're a playoff team, but I'm not sure that I would think them as a threat to, uh, get out of the conference or even get to the conference finals, uh, myself. Yeah. Uh, when I look at them, you know, they were a middle-of-the-rack 
team, a middle of the pack type of team. Statistically, they um yeah. they were an excellent kill team. Team they were a fourth in the league in penalty kill. So they had that upside for them. Maybe they could keep they could stay in the top ten. They were 19th in goals, 13th against the goals, and then 19th in the power play. So kind of the uh, other other side the the paradigm of the bell when it comes to the uh, ranking of the power play. Um, you, you mentioned the, uh, Tyler Toffoli on to New Jersey, who, who was tops in points. So how do they make up for points in that aspect? Right. Uh, he led the team in that. Um, you mentioned Hubro, and you know he, he had a, a 55 point season. That's low for his standards, and and you know the Kadri and and Backlund who had 56 points as well. Elias Lindholm as well uh, was one of the top point guys. Now I'm I'm saying they could make the playoffs. I think they could probably overcome Winnipeg for that last spot, but I would okay. say they're definitely not that they're not as good as where they were a couple of seasons ago. Not with the core that they no. originally had, but 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 what I really looked at why they did not make the playoffs. Looking at you know the, the, the season, they started off the gate pretty good. They started off three and zero, then they had a they had a terrible losing streak. They, I mean, if, if the Rangers had this kind of Losing streak. Uh, they, we probably never hear it from the end of it right now. I mean, they had yeah. Yeah. a seven-game losing streak in November, including four at home to Edmonton, the Kraken, the Predators, and the Devils. And then, and then, and then they had a. They lost five in a row. Uh, later in the year, I think they they lost to the Blue Jackets in Columbus. They went to Toronto, lost there. Went to Montreal, lost there. Came back home and lost to the Canucks and the Blues. And then later in the year, again, they lost five in a row at Vegas, at Colorado, at home. Oh, no, 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 that's not a knock to them losing to the, uh, the Boston Bruins. Everybody lost to the Bruins last year, right? Yeah, yeah, lost yeah. to Toronto again and lost to the Minnesota Wild. And at the end of the season, they did beat Vancouver and Washington, but they fell three points short and it left a lot of points on the table, especially during yeah. those losing streaks. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, as they, far as they, they, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry, guys. I thought you were done. Sorry. No, no, no. I'll leave it there. What, what are your thoughts on that? And I'll get to my other points with the, uh, the Flames. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, they made a run toward the end there. I mean, it looked for a while with those uh, few losing streaks that you mentioned that uh, they were done. But, uh, you know, they, they kind of made a little bit of a run, but it seemed like every time they kind of got their eyes above water level, uh, they uh, sunk back down again. And, um you know, Winnipeg just won just enough to uh, to be able to uh, squeeze uh, squeeze that out. But um, you know, I mean, I, I look at this and I and I see guys that they were counting on that uh, just uh, didn't come through. Uh, Markstrom, for one, like I said, Huberto went from 115 points the year before to 55. I mean, when do you see that? Um, I mean, that's a, if my math is right, that's a 60 point regression from the year before. How could you even, you know, anticipate something like that happening? Um, well, so, I, mean, I, I, think they, that. I think they had some players. Quick, What's that? Who, who's I can quickly answer that. Well, he, well, yeah, yeah, it has a lot to do with that. Cause we know Florida, you know, the years he was there, they were a high scoring right. team, no defense. Right. Style is totally different when they moved to Calgary. But go ahead, continue. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and you're absolutely right about that, too. But I think they were uh, anticipating that he was going to get more than 
55 points. I certainly was. Uh, but you're right. It's a whole different. And, and I don't know. Uh, I don't really know the new coach. I don't know what kind of style he's going to try to uh, uh, bring to Calgary. So, um, you know, maybe if they open up the offense a little bit more, you'll get Lind, uh, Lindholm scoring a little more. Uh, uh, Manjapani is, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he's a guy that'll have like, uh, you know, 28 goals and four assists. But, uh, you know, he'll get you some goals. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they do have talents on this team and, and you're right. I mean, they might be able to squeak by, uh, uh, Winnipeg to make the playoffs, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I don't see them as really being a threat, which, uh, they certainly were two years ago. So, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with them. We'll see. We'll see what the new coach brings. Just like with us. Oh, that, that, that's actually, um, almost like a carryover. If we're given a, more credit for the Calgary to make that run, what do you think about Winnipeg falling back or losing those three points? What do you do? You think Winnipeg makes the playoffs because somebody has to go. If Calgary gets in, who comes? Who comes out? Is it Winnipeg? Or? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of thought after the season ended that Winnipeg was going to break it up and start over. Um, you know, obviously they bought out Blake Wheeler. Uh, and that, to me, was a sign. You know, there was some there was some chatter about uh, uh, um, the goalies slip by uh, goalies uh, slip my mind right now um, in uh, Winnipeg. But uh, there was talk about him coming maybe to the Devils that the Devils were going to try to get him. And to me, that would have signaled I right, they're they're just going to start over there. So I'm not sure what Winnipeg is doing. Um, you know, I mean they, you know, like we said, they they just made it. Um, they, they went out pretty quietly and, uh, you know, I'm not sure what they're looking, uh, looking to do there. Um, they it seems like they're kind of halfway in and halfway out, you know? Uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I really didn't look in that much, but I really thought when they bought out Wheeler and I saw the, the, the rumors, uh, with a goaltender that they were going to, uh, you know, kind of break it up and start over. But, uh, can really happen. And I, I don't know if it still could happen. I don't know what's going on in their minds, but, um, you know, it looks like they're going to kind of stand pat. Um, I'm just going to look up right now. Oh, Hellebuck, of course. I was thinking, I kept thinking of Howard Chuck. Hellebuck is, was the uh, was the goalie. So, um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they got some good young talent still. Um, he always is good, but he's always hurt. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Winnipeg's going to do, but you're right. They could probably uh, Calgary could probably sneak by them. Until I go through the Winnipeg Jets with a fine tooth comb, I will actually give the benefit of the doubt to the Calgary Flames to to overtake their spot. Now you brought up a good yeah. point as far as Daryl Sutter not long longer there. They got a new head coach by the name of Ryan Huska, who's a guy who's right. drafted by the, by the by the Blackhawks in the in the, in the 90s. Uh, played okay. for about eight nine years. Um, but he went through the ranks through the uh, Western Hockey League. He's he's coached with the uh, the Camp Loops Blazers and the uh, uh, the Win- the Windsor Spitfires, and even through the Adriatic uh, Flames as well. They're, the plane, the Calgary Flames okay. is top uh, affiliate. So basically, this was an inside hire. They're familiar with him going up th- through the ranks. Right. Sheldon Keith right. is like like with the Maple Leafs. So. Yeah, you know it's kind of interesting because guys who um, you know didn't really you know 
didn't play a lot of NHL, but went through a lot of coaching. You see a lot of these guys in sports where they did, you know, they play some professional sports, but they really made their name as an assistant coach, uh, smaller yeah. circuit, and come up through the league. And I don't know his coaching style. I can't really speak to that. Uh, but, you know, I don't know why, it, you know, Daryl Sutter, longtime head coach as well, uh, maybe can't reach this core and going inside through the ranks, maybe it could get put over the top. All the Calgary Flints have to do is not sustain losing streaks of five-plus like they did this past season, maybe right. limit to the two, and they take the chances, you, you'll get into the playoffs. And then if you look at what, you know, we go through Winnipeg, I don't see right off the top of my head how they got significantly better. Because if you lost Blake Wheeler, who was one of your better players in the playoffs versus Vegas, right off the rip, you're 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 kind of downgrading yourself, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Those are my first thoughts. Uh, but yeah, Calgary. I, I think uh, you mentioned Huberto. What if he? I think if he could get back to eighty point level. Would be fine. I think they've kind. Of, he's kind of have to play that team. The way they're built, designed, is more of a balanced team, not the high flying Florida Panthers team he was accustomed to uh, in his later years as a Panther. Uh, but yeah, that is a big drop in points. But there's a lot to that as far as style of play, who your your line mates, and exactly how you're going to be played. So. Yeah, that that is kind of low, Glenn. Uh, Huberto, I, I think he should, if he got back to, like, let's say 78-ish, 80 points, that's actually a win for him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I think that, uh, you know, if they can get him back up to being a point-per-game player, uh, that, uh, you know, that that would be enough. Um, you know, and I, I I mean, I like Nazem Kadri. I mean, he had that ridiculous year in uh, Colorado that got him a lot of money uh, and, and a big contract, but um, you know, I don't think he's at that level where he was in Colorado. He was surrounded by a lot of good players, but uh, I, you know, I think he's still, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a top center, uh, you know, second line center in the league too. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, you know, looking again, looking at Calgary, uh, I, I think a lot of it is going to depend on, you know, which I always uh, emphasize is going to depend on the goaltender. I mean, Markstrom just did not have a good year last year. Uh, to a point where Dan Vladar was taking starts away from him. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think I think he's going to be the key, and uh, obviously Huberto will be the key to get back to uh, not necessarily where he was in Florida, but uh, to get back to being a, a top-line winger who they can count on uh, both, uh, you know, for goals. And, I mean, Huberto is always a big assist guy, uh, you know, that they can count on for the power play as well. So I, I think just a lot went wrong in Calgary last year for whatever reason. Uh, I still think they're a good team, but, again, I don't think they're as good as they were uh, two years ago when they had Kachuk and uh, Johnny Gaudreau. I would agree. They got some filler guys, right? They um, uh, they fill around the roster, Dryden Hunt, free agency, uh, Colin Pullman, and also Brady Lyle. I also uh, was yep. resi- resigning of Matthias Patterson and also Ben Jones. They got some filler guys to, I think, be a – a very balanced team, not overly uh-huh. offensive or defensive. Let me ask you a straight logistic hockey question, because when I look at teams that say that part of the country, oh, the world, let's say the world, but they're not even in this country. They're in a different country, right? <laughs> Calgary, yeah. Edmonton, Vancouver. But let's say Calgary, especially when you don't have that top talent 
hockey talent. Like, you always get you that point of, point of game, like, every night. You're like your Matthew Kachucks and also your um, Johnny Gaudreau's a couple of years ago when they they dominated. And you see it with Edmonton with um, Dry's Idol and also uh, Connor McDavid. Those guys can carry a team. Even, you know, if the team goes through lows, because the point I'm trying to make is, Glenn, if you're a team from that part of the world and your majority of your games outside of the 41 at home is a little, you're, you're flying thousands of miles, yeah. thousands yeah. of miles. Even in your own yeah. conferences, don't you're flying thousands of miles. Is this, yeah. if you don't, if you're not top heavy talented, like those Calgary teams from a couple of years ago, or what Edmonton is currently, can that wear on a team through the guts of a regular season? Oh, I think so. I absolutely think so. Um, you know, I mean, you you see all the teams bunched uh, in the Metropolitan Division and the Atlantic Division, all the teams in the Northwest or in the Northeast of the uh, United States. I mean, uh, you know, they're a point where it's like, uh, you know, end of February, beginning of March, and they only have like one more time that they're going out of the, out of the Eastern time zone. Um, and, and I got to think that's a, a big advantage. Uh, you know, I know the NHL tries to uh, group uh, you know, uh, where teams are playing on the schedule. So, you know, you go to one place and you play a team, uh, you, you know, you play all the, you play LA, you play Anaheim, you play San Jose, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, to me, it's uh, just as much the, uh, uh, all the time zones that they have to uh, go through as, as, as far as, uh, uh, you know, just the lag, the jet lag that you would get. And also, um you know the uh, also the uh, uh, you know t- time in a plane and just uh, you know all the travel. So uh, I mean, you look you know at the Western Conference. You know you got Vancouver in there or the Western Division. You got Vancouver in there, but they're playing a bunch of division games against Anaheim and LA, and you know that's a that's a flight. It's it's not a uh, you know, a short hour flight like the Rangers and a lot of teams in the Metropolitan Division have. So I think that definitely uh, has something to do with it. Yeah, and I was looking at, like, of course talent eventually wins. But that we got to look at the human element where if you're flying that much and you don't have the a top talent, you might lose, like, let's say, I say five, six points here and there. It's possible why... You know, no, no, not to make no excuse, because that big first losing streak, a lot their first losing streak of last season, a lot of, that was at home. So like, that, that actually goes out the window. So And that was early in the year, yeah. that 3-0 start. So maybe we can't really use that rationale with them because when you're losing a lot at home, um, there's really no excuse well, for you that. Know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think, other than Vegas this year, when was the last time a team in the, in the, the Western Division won the Cup? Uh, a lot of it came from the East. Well, Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. Well, yeah, but they're not in the Western Western uh, division. Oh, you talking? I'm talking about the 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 division, not the yeah. I'm talking about the division. Oh, oh, well, let's think about it. Would it be Vegas? No, the furthest West teams. Oh, the first. I mean, they might be the furthest West team, right? No, San Jose's never won, right? Seattle's just got San Jose never Vancouver. won. Anaheim won years and years ago. The Kings. Oh, so that yeah, yeah, it might it might be it might be Anaheim. When the Kings win, I don't remember the Kings winning. Uh, well, they beat the Rangers in uh, 
14. Oh, shit, they did, didn't they? For, in 14. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. So that, that's actually the, the most recent. You're right, you're right. 12, I think, right? Yeah. I gotta forget about uh, it. I mean, I'm thinking it's right. LA, probably. You're right. And, it is LA. Uh, that's even the most before recent. that, it might be Anaheim, was like in right. 07 or 07 or 08, something. So, you're, you're um, you know, you look at, the, look at the teams that have all that travel, they're not winning a ton of cups. Right, right. You're absolutely correct. Um, wow, good points, man. Yeah, I forgot about the game. How can I forget it when they beat us? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I, <laughs> it's the same way. It's the same way. I couldn't think of Connor Hellebuck. So you know, we both got one tonight. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking Anaheim because I remember those Anaheim teams for sure. With yeah, Coy Perry, yeah. Niedermeyer. Yeah, but you're right. It's definitely L.A. with those low-scoring one-point wins over us. <laughs> Quick to forget about. That. Jeez. Yeah. All so, right. So it's, uh, you know, somebody's got to so, get there, obviously, uh, you know, so, has, has to get to the finals. But uh, actually winning the cup, uh, I think it probably takes a lot out of you. So let me ask you this about going back to Calgary. Um, how do you make up, you know, the, you know to now with the uh, with the Jersey Devils, right? So how do they yep. make up for that point total? Where is it coming from to sustain, uh, okay, 18th, 19th in the league in goals and points. Like, where did it get? Where did it make that up? Well, you know, again, like I said, I mean, Huberdeau is more of an assist guy than than scoring goals. So, you know, they might get some more than the than the 15 they got at him uh, last year. But I mean, I don't think he's someone that you're going to go and, and get goals from. Now, um, you know, I mean, Sharon Govich is a young kid. He did score 24, uh, I think, two years ago. Not this past year. Uh, so maybe they're looking for him to make that next step. Um, you know, obviously he's a, a lot younger, but that's a lot of goals to give up, uh, especially when you're in uh, uh, in Edmonton's uh, division. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm look, looking at them right now. Uh, I don't know where the goals are going to come from. You know, I mean, I guess I, I guess you hope that uh, <laughs> Manjapani scores thirty again, and uh, yeah, I mean, look at the lineup. I don't see a lot of goals there. So again, that's why I think that uh, that the key mm-hmm. is going to be Markstrom, you know. Yeah, I think if each of those guys could add all of them, um, it was Markstrom, Lindholm, Backlund, Huberto. If they could each, especially Huberto, he's going to have to up it by fifteen. If each of those guys could add like five to ten points each, then maybe then then whatever. We could talk that. Uh, that's a that's a big that's a hole, and they're not really a team that's got this elite goal scoring or a lot of points goal getters anyway. They just got a middle of the pack guys that could you know under a a, a point a game type of dude. So but yeah, no, I mean, I'm figure, looking, but yeah, I'm I was gonna say their main focus right is now. just avoid these losing streaks, man. I think um, you know bringing in a new head coach. I don't know his style. And then exactly don't know exactly why what happened with Sutter, and why he's yeah. I mean he's out because he didn't make the playoffs. I mean, he can't make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. No matter how many right. wins in you're gone. But go ahead. What are your thoughts? No, I was just looking at at Huberto's uh, statistics. Even the uh, two years ago when he scored 115 points, he had 30 goals and 85 assists. 30 is the most he's ever scored. He scored 30 back in 2018-19 when he had 92 points. But um, you know, I I think. Uh, you know, like I said, he's more of an assist guy, big on the power play, but 
but he just had a, a god-awful year last year that's really hard to explain. Um, his shooting percentage was down. Uh, his, uh, uh, his shots were actually uh, laid down, too. I mean, he, he took – the year before, he had 222 shots in uh, Florida. Last year, he had 126. Same amount of games. So he took mm. 100 less shots last year. Uh, is that him? Or is that the uh, the coaching style uh, that Sutter wanted? Um, I, mean, I think probably to a degree, knowing uh, Daryl Sutter, that that was more the system that he was uh, deploying. So, you know, you might see uh, uh, an improvement in, in the 15 goals that Huberto had last year, but, uh, you know, you're not going to expect 40. He's never scored more than he scored 30 twice. He's right. this guy. So they're not, gonna, they're not really going to get the goals from him. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on what this new coach and some, you know, sometimes there's a new coach coming in. If, if it's, you know, we've seen it so often. If teams just get so tired of a coach um, that they kind of, you know, are not maybe giving their all every night, um, you know, sometimes just a new coach coming in with, with a new system, new faces can invigorate some guys. So, um, you know, from what you told me about the uh, Husker that they hired, um, he sounds like a guy that might be able to motivate this group to uh, to better things than they did last year. Right on, right on. Uh, Mr. Glenn, final thoughts from you. I've got to some Calgary Flames, some Pacific uh, Division hockey, and we talked about early on with our own squad. Your final thoughts, man, as, as we conclude on this episode. Good discussion. Man. Good well, discussion. I, I, am going, I am going to backtrack to our team for my final thoughts. And uh, we talked about this at the end uh, two weeks ago, and it's two weeks later, and uh, we still do not have a uh, Lafreniere signing. And uh, if we don't have a Lafreniere signing when we get together again in two weeks, um, I'm really going to start wondering what's going on. So that is my final thought. Great. Yeah, I almost kind of forgot about that. I kind of yeah. forgot about that. Man. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, was going to try to sneak it in when we were talking about the Rangers, but you went out west on me, and so I, I didn't get it in. Uh, but that that would be I mean, uh, something that uh, I'm wondering what's going on. Um, I listen. I don't have a clue. I mean, I mean, we can assume straight up business one on one. Why the negotiations? One side wants one, and another side wants another. But man. Yeah, that's that. They, yeah, they, they're really holding on to that, or holding out on that, man. They gotta. I mean, I, I don't know what they're planning. Yeah, we'll we'll save it and see what happens in two weeks. But I'm really starting to think that I don't think it's going to happen. But I wouldn't be shocked if they do wind up trading them. Hey, listen, you, you said it best earlier. If Wayne Gretzky could be traded, anybody could be traded. Yeah, that that, yeah. that is that is that is the quote. That is the quote in hockey business. Every general manager yeah, should I mean, have that pinned to his his white his whiteboard. If, 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 if Wayne Gretzky yeah. could be traded, anybody could I mean, and that, that's good. that's the quote. That's that. Yeah, exactly. It is. No, it is. Yeah. And uh, you know, if the if if the Giants could get Saquon uh, signed, then I don't know what the holdup is with this. So. We'll see. Uh, I mean, hey, listen, Joe Montana got traded. I mean, we're talking about other sports, yeah. right? I mean, a- anybody can get traded, right? I mean, just that's just the nature of the beast. So hey, look, hold on to these players. It just doesn't matter, man. Yeah, look how many Hall of Famers the Rangers traded for in the last year of their career when they couldn't play anymore. Right. 
I mean, oh, yeah. there's, there's, there's a ton that. of them that, that all got. Yeah, there's a ton of them that the Rangers got too late, but uh, they all got traded. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Cool, Glenn, and thank you very much. And uh, looking forward to your thoughts. If hopefully there's nothing more from that Artemi Panarin situation or his, his yeah, situation yeah. from in July in Russia. That's uh, hopefully that's that's hopefully that does not carry over another month, two months, so on and so forth into the regular season. And hopefully, the best, like I said, the most important thing, nobody was hurt. That's, that's first and foremost. So. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's keep the excitement on the ice. Absolutely. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Glenn, Steve, The Ring Podcast, Ranger Pride, Off Season Hockey, the third installment. Be back in two weeks before our break. Actually, yeah, two weeks will be another episode, and then we got another break uh, Labor Day week before we get into the uh, September and preseason and all that other stuff. So look forward to the talk in two weeks. We'll talk, we'll chop it up. ladies and gentlemen. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue,